It is a cold November Wednesday night, but we're here to uh, be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And um, there are so many things going on. I don't know how much um, I'm going to, I kind of feel a little teach and a little preach, so I don't know how that's going to look. Um, I want to share some things with you, some wonderful things that, that and, and some challenging things that are going on, and, and we just... Kevin, I need your prayers and, and your participation in, in what God is doing. Um, first of all, I told you, I think I told you last week we were talking about the family that came two weeks ago on Sunday for prayer when uh, we had uh, prayer for healing that particular service two weeks ago. Um, there was a great move of God, and in, in the uh, pre-service prayer, there was a, a word from the Lord about healing and how that he had assigned a ministry of healing to this place. And, um, and so as we gathered in and we worshiped, and it was a great worship that Sunday, and uh, then I just could not get that word off my mind that the Lord had spoken. And I said, uh, so we're not going to let this moment pass. If God has spoken about healing, then we ought to lay hands on the sick. And... Uh, so if there's anybody dealing, I think the words I said was if there was anybody dealing with long-term illness, especially to come forward, that the Lord was going to move in their life. And there was a couple here with their daughter that had uh, been diagnosed, this lady had been diagnosed with cancer and uh, was dealing with all the emotion of that and everything. And she had called someone, or her daughter had called a friend and said, Mom's been diagnosed with cancer. And the friend said, you get her to Church of Living Water. I don't know what an amazing moment that was, but they came. And on that day that they came, there was a word about healing, and we ministered healing. And so what we agreed, as we prayed, uh, I just want to share some detail here. As we prayed, this family came forward, and as I passed by them in the prayer line, I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, that she was dealing with cancer, and I knew, and I just had a word of knowledge of what she was dealing with. And um, the other thing that the Holy Spirit uh, prompted my heart to do was when I turned to pray for them, that the Lord said, the first thing I want you to deal with is fear. And so we prayed against the spirit of fear and ministered to them a little bit and talked to them after service. And after service, she explained to me her prognosis. She has a tumor in uh, a intestine, and then the, the oncologist had seen a couple of spots on her lungs. And um, the oncologist had said, I want to go in and I want to take that tumor out of your intestine, and I want us to target those spots in your lungs. And all of a sudden, again, by the prompting of the Lord, I said, we're going to believe the Lord that as God takes you through this process, that Whatever happens with that intestinal thing, they're going to remove that or God's going to heal it or whatever. And I'm going to believe the Lord with you that those spots on the lungs are completely encapsulated, that they have not spread, that they are isolated. And uh, so they came back last Sunday, and she said, I'm going to go in the hospital on Wednesday. They're going to remove that tumor if it's still there. And I said, you know, we asked God for healing. Promise me that if they open you up and there's nothing there, you're not going to sue the doctor. And, you know, because we believe, if we believe in healing, then we don't, we don't, you know, let God heal us and then get mad at somebody because God healed us. 
And um, so we had that. We kind of chuckled about that. And she said, I have to tell you something. She said, the oncologist looked at my reports and said they're going to remove that tumor and that those two spots within my lungs are completely encapsulated. There is exactly the words that the Holy Spirit had put in my heart to say to her. And, and it established in their heart that God had sent them to this place and that there was a word of knowledge over their life and that God was doing what he was doing uh, and that, that he, he was ordering their steps. So she went for her surgery today. I went and prayed for them, be, prayed for her before she went into her uh, procedure. And they, their comment made me so proud of this house because they said, it has been so long that we walked into a church and we felt family. And so I was very proud of this, this congregation for loving on them and receiving them over the last two weeks. And, and we ministered to them today in the hospital. And uh, then the other thing that is going on that you need to be aware of, if you, if you receive... Um, um, if you receive... Uh, email prayer requests and things that are going on then you would perhaps know this but Dale Dale and Martha Dale uh, was having some pain went in the hospital had angiogram today and they are doing open heart surgery on him in the morning Uh, so we're thanking the Lord that this was discovered before there was any kind of dramatic event in his his life and so uh, just keep them in prayer and uh, the Lord is going to move, and we're going to believe God for wisdom for his caregivers and quick recovery for him. And uh, so it is, it is wonderful to see God moving in the lives of people and uh, see him meeting needs and uh, see him answering prayer and giving direction and word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And the, the Holy Spirit still speaks. And uh, so we're excited about that. Um, so anyway, but I have, I have a bit of a word from the Lord for you tonight. I, uh, I know this is supposed to be Bible study, and I tend to be more preached than teach, and you just have to bear with me um, as we uh, do this. But the Lord laid a passage of Scripture on my heart, uh, Revelation twelve eleven, and then uh, Luke chapter 9 is the two places that will be. And uh, so uh, I want to just share something uh, with you from the Lord. But first, let me, I'm getting, actually getting a text from Dale's wife as we speak. Um, she said that, uh, um, okay, Dale is, uh, will be out of his room at 5 a.m. and in surgery at 7 tomorrow. So you guys can pray at 7 in the morning. And, uh, and I'm going to put this away now. And I'll let her know later that we prayed. But anyway, while we're here, let's do uh, pray for them. And, and the, the folks that, uh, um, the lady that had surgery today, her name is Tina Aglio. And her husband's name is Joe. And then uh, Dale Allen. And so let's have prayer for them right now. Father, we thank you for uh, the fact that we can come into your presence and we can bring our needs quickly before you. The word says, come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain help in our time of need. And Father, uh, Joe and Tina need your help today, Lord Jesus. Tina is now recovering from this procedure this afternoon. We believe in healing, as your word has said. And so, Father, we believe that she will have an accelerated healing process. Lord, we love miracles, but we love healing, and we love that you can do what you want to do the way that you want to do it, and we leave those things in your hands. 
And Lord, we say, would you uh, just accelerate the healing according to the covenant that we live in and walk in uh, for Tina, Lord Jesus, and raise her up. And thank you for giving us understanding and wisdom and giving her understanding and wisdom and her caregivers understanding and wisdom during this process. Thank you for raising her up. We curse cancer in the name of Jesus. And so we believe that it is broken and it comes to naught and has no, uh, no uh, impact in her life at all. We believe that it must got, die in Jesus' name. And then, Lord, we uh, pray for Dale and we thank you again for causing this, his doctor to discover these issues before they became major issues in his life. Thank you for healing him and raising him up. Thank you for quick recovery from all that he has to go through. And uh, thank you for wisdom that comes from you. And Lord, we just are so thankful. It's wonderful to watch people recover at an accelerated rate because of the covenant of healing. And so we just delight ourselves in you tonight. And we pray that uh, all of this would be uh, accomplished in your name. And we give you praise. I want to read this scripture, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And this is, uh, in Revelation, it's speaking of uh, those who had gone through uh, tribulation as believers or who had gone through difficulty trial as believers. It said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. And we, we quote that a lot. And the reason that that stood out to me is because the Holy Spirit said uh, to me and pointed out to me that we never finish the verse. We love to say, oh, you know, or an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is true. We're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb first, which is already taken care of on Calvary. Jesus shed his blood for us. That was his part. And then our part of overcoming is the word of our testimony, the declaration of our mouth. There's one place in the Old Testament where he said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. Having to do with the, the choice, the declaration that we made. I, I set before you uh, life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. And so he says that they overcame by the blood of them and by the word of their testimony. That means that they continued to declare that God was faithful in their life. That means that they continued to, to uh, put their trust in the Lord. And what they declared was the faithfulness of the King of kings and Lord of lords in the middle of their trial. I know what we do in the middle of our trial. Oh, my God, when is this going to be over? No, in the middle of their great difficulty, they declared that God is God. And, it, and they, like the uh, three uh, Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, when they went into that, when they stood before that king, they said, Okay, king, it doesn't matter how this, how this turns out. If we live or if we die, uh, whether we go in the flame or not, he is God. We won't bow to you. And so their, the word of their testimony carried them. The blood of the Lamb forgave them of their sin, brought them into right relationship with God. The word of their testimony sustained them there. They didn't give up with their words. They didn't cast away their God with their words. They didn't uh, curse God and die, as Job's wife encouraged him to do. Uh, but it goes on to another statement that I, that I think for our generation we need to hear. And it says this, to finish this verse, and they love not their lives unto death. You know what that tells me? They had their priorities straightened out. They love not their life unto death. 
They recognized that they were going to live for God. They were going to declare that he was king and Lord. They were going to declare the good of the kingdom. They were going to declare the message of the kingdom of God. They were going to declare uh, the sovereignty of God and the love of God to their generation, even if it meant that it cost them everything, including their life. Um, and the reason that I'm tying this with Luke chapter 9 is that, that in the, at the last verse of Luke chapter 9, Jesus, Jesus is talking throughout Luke chapter 9. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture, and I don't know how much of it we'll get uh, into uh, tonight, but um, there was a man at the end of Luke chapter 9 that came to Jesus in verse 57. It says, It came to pass... As they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What he was saying was, I'm going to keep on moving, and you don't have to keep up with me. And uh, God is still moving in the earth, and we must be determined to move with him and follow him. And uh, so, and he said unto another, follow me. And the other one said, but Lord, I'd like to do that. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. You can see that. I'd like to do that, but would you allow me first to go and bury my father? Now, now, Jesus was, was very direct about things. He said, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. In other words, let those who are not following after me take care of that. If you're going to follow after me, come and follow after me. Don't have another priority. And that's a hard, that's a, that's a tough thing in this, in, in uh, the, the commitment to to God, there is, a, there is a point in our life when we have a decision to make about the priority of the relationship that we have with God. Where that priority is going to fall in us. When, it, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and he says, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what my assignment is for you. There comes a counting of the cost. And the scripture said in Revelation that these folks, they did not love their life unto death. They were able to decide that no matter what the cost was. Jesus said, if you come after me, you're going to take up your cross and follow me. And I believe that that our generation is coming into a place, into a time where, where the line has been drawn. And we got to be among those who will take up their cross and follow. Who will count the cost... Even if it is a hard cost. It, it seems a hard saying that, but, but wait, wait a minute, Jesus, my, my father just died. Let me go and mourn his passing and bury him and then I'll come and follow you. And Jesus said, follow me or don't. Let's get the decision made. That's really what he said. Now's the time. Your decision is now. I ain't going to be here in a few minutes when you get back from burying Papa. Follow me or don't. And I believe that there is a challenge to our generation that we're going to follow. We're going to follow him or not. The line is drawn. 
There is a standard that is raised in the kingdom at this time in history. Now I'm going to just prophesy a little bit to you. There is a standard that is raised in the kingdom at this time in history. I love that passage of scripture. And I believe it's Amos, uh, maybe chapter 7, where the Lord says to Amos, look, look, look at me. I, I'm, see, see what I'm doing here. And Amos says, you're, you're drawing a line. Uh, the plumb line has been drawn. And the Lord says to Amos, he said, I'm done here. I I will pass by this way anymore. Make a decision. All in. All in. And I believe that there is a word of the Lord in our generation right now. That in this city, in this house, in uh, the lives of believers, in my own heart, I'm preaching to me too. All in. All in. That the, the price that he paid was the highest price. And how can we uh, challenge ourselves with a lesser sacrifice than to take up our cross and follow? Whatever our cross is, the wonderful thing about that is, and the interesting thing about that is, is that the cross for me and the cross for you and the, the cross for each one of us is different. The assignment is different. The price that individuals pay, we, we can think that's not fair. Why, does, why, why is the price for some greater than others? Why, why is it that some folks who declare the gospel, pardon me, who declare the gospel have to lay down their life uh, to do it, while others may live their entire life without ever feeling great challenge and just love Jesus and, and, and live an example of someone who loves Jesus and, and go to their grave rejoicing? Why is the price for one different than another? I don't know the answer to that. You'll have to ask him about that. But the reality of it is, regardless of the price, the the clay doesn't get to say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Whatever the price is, whatever the cross is for each one of us as individuals, as God calls us and gives us our assignment and gives us our anointing, whatever the price is, it is that each one of us have to come to the place in our walk with him that we're able to say, I'm not going to love my own life more than I love what you are asking me to do. I'm going to take up my cross and follow. So if that means that somebody else has to bury daddy, then somebody else has to bury daddy because I got an assignment. Jesus said in another place in the New Testament, he says, you know, if you love houses and lands and father and mother and and, and I'm paraphrasing again, sister and brother and all that, if you love your stuff and your people more than you love me, then there's a dividing line that comes. If you love them more than you love me, if you love that stuff more than you love me. What, so I, I just want to challenge you tonight that as we come into this year that is ahead and as we, as we celebrate this wonderful season that we are, that we are in the middle of, that we, would, that we would be able to say to the Lord, Lord, I don't, I don't even know what the cost is. The wonderful, another truth is that you, you don't get to know the future. You just get to say yes or no. And sometimes we say yes to the Lord, and we don't know, we don't know what that means. But the, the Word says, He's not allow something more to come upon you than you can bear, and that He's with you always, even unto the end, that He walks with you, He never leaves you, He never forsakes you. And that is the promise that we live out of. We don't know what the cost is, but we know that we're not going to pay a higher cost than He paid, we were studying on, on Sunday, and we were looking at, at Jesus' prayer in the garden, and when he went before the Father, and he said, Oh, Father, if there's any other way, let this cut pass from me. But nevertheless, 
not my will but thine be done. And I believe that, that that's part of that line, that we are, we're standing on the line in the kingdom. And there's a great many people. The word says broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads uh, to eternal life and few there be that find it. And, and we stand in a generation that is being encouraged to walk in the broad way and we must be a light that, a, a, and a, a challenge in our generation. Whatever, whatever our age is and whatever our um, station in life is and whatever uh, that we have, that we must be the kind of people that's, that, that echo in this generation this way, children, this way, this way. Follow him. And so Jesus said, Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. So he says, This is your assignment. I'm calling you to preach the kingdom. You let somebody else take care of the business at home, and you go and do what I've called you to do. Do you know that there's not one thing, one price that we can pay, or not one thing that we can give up, or that we can lose in this life for him that is not... uh, multiplied back to us. So uh, he said, let the dead bear their dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. And then another one said, I'll follow you, but let me go first and say goodbye to the folks at home. Let me go and bid them farewell. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom. So you got an assignment here. So he said, I mean, in our generation, he would have said, send him a text. Come on, buddy, let's go. It's time to step to our assignment. I believe that that is the word of the Lord over our generation. I believe the line has been drawn, and I believe the challenge is now that we rise to the, uh, to the occasion of our assignment, that we rise to the occasion of our assignment, and that we move uh, past the word of our testimony past just the word of our testimony to the willingness that we're going to follow God no matter the cost, that we're going to walk with him, that we're going to love him more than we love life itself, and that we're going to example that to the, to the folks that are around us and to the generations around us. I'm so glad he called us to be a living sacrifice. He said, present your body as a living sacrifice uh, that is holy and acceptable to the Lord. Uh, a dead man can't witness a dead man can't share Jesus. His, his assignment is past. But he calls to be a living sacrifice. So whatever that, whatever that means, I just want to challenge you tonight. I don't know uh, uh, at what point you are in your walk with the Lord as, as you walk with him and, and uh, as you look over the course of your life and you lay your plans or you look back and you uh, consider the, the past, but that there comes a tenacious decision within the heart of every believer who is going to get on that narrow, who's going to walk on that narrow path, that there is a tenacious decision, that we get past the the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and that we make a declaration that we're going to love Him more than we love our stuff, that we're going to love Him more than we love our life, that we're going to love Him more than we love the relationships around us, that we're going to love Him more than we love flourishing in the earth as far as the earth standards are concerned. Not that, not that any of that may or may not take place. That may not be your assignment. 
It may, it may not be that your assignment is to do without anything. It may be that your cross is not a terribly heavy one to bear while another person has a cross that is, is terribly difficult. But the point is that we get to the place that we're able to look at in the face of the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what my cross is. I don't know what my assignment is. I don't know what the burden is that I'm going to be asked to carry in this generation. But the reality of it is that your word says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So whatever that yoke is and whatever that burden is, I will bear it in your name. And I will love you more than I love my life. I'll love you more than I love uh, the stuff around me. Now, in the, in the beginning of Luke chapter 9, it's, it's really wonderful because uh, Jesus calls his 12 disciples together in the first part of this chapter. It, we, we're starting at the end and going back to the beginning, so go with me. Um, he calls them together, and it says he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure diseases. Uh, let me just help you with something. That hasn't changed. You still have, those who follow him still have the authority over all devils and the anointing to cure diseases, to heal the sick. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And I love that combination there, that the assignment for the believer was to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. It's, all, it's still the same. The assignment is still the same. The assignment is still to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Jesus said that he would not return until this gospel was preached. And when, he's, when he said this gospel was preached, that wasn't just a come to Jesus' gospel. That was the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. Oh, the recovery of sight to the blind. The, the setting the free, freedom to the captive. And, and uh, the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of Jubilee. And uh, so he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And to heal the sick. God wants to flourish you. God wants to bless you. He wants uh, to put his spirit in you. And he wants you to be free from sickness and disease and from the power of the enemy. And so he sends them out to do this. And he says to them, don't take anything for your journey. This is part of the, the cost. The Bible says that the just will live by faith. Um, I love when, when we do missions trips. And we send folks on mission trips. We tell them, you raise your money to go. You go at your cost. You prepare to go. And we'll, we're going to send the Spirit of the Lord with you. You go on your dime. Go. And we challenge them to prepare for ministry and take nothing. He says here, take nothing for your journey. Don't, don't take a staff to lean on. Don't take money, script is what it says. Uh, don't take bread. Don't, um, neither have two coats. Don't overburden yourself with the stuff of life. Go. And that's what he's challenging them to do here. He says, I want you to go, and I don't want you to take anything that tends to cause you to take care of you. Let me take care of you. You go in my name. And so he tells them to go and says, whoever's house you enter, abide there and then depart, come and go. And whoever will not receive you, just shake the dust off of your feet as a testament against them. Just, just drop it. Don't, don't get all tied up with you weren't received. You're going in my name. It's not you that they're rejecting. So don't get all tied up. Don't get emotionally caught up in 
really what it says for me as a, as a pastor and as a teacher and a, and a preacher, when the Lord says that to me, he's, you don't get emotionally caught up in the results. You just do what I sent you to do. You let me worry about the harvest. You let me worry about the increase. You let me worry about whether somebody receives you or not or, or accepts what you say or not. If you, get, if you don't get emotionally caught up in that, in that then you don't care. You're not, it's not you they're rejecting or receiving. It's me. So they departed. They went through the towns preaching the gospel, healing uh, everywhere, healing everywhere. And uh, it says that Herod, the patriarch, uh, heard of all that was done by them, and he was perplexed because some of them were telling him that John had risen from the dead. All that stuff that John was doing preparing the way was happening again. To me, that uh, speaks of a generational assignment, the body of Christ, that every believer follows, and every believer has an assignment, and every believer brings fruit. So... um, The apostles, in verse 10, it says, The apostles then uh, returned and told him all that they had done. And they began to tell him. And we read in the other gospel uh, where they come back and they're rejoicing because they have power over the enemy and, and, and all of this. And he says, Don't rejoice because you, you're, the devils are subject to you. Rejoice because your name's written down in the book of life. So I want to challenge you that tonight that we've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, we're kept by the word of our testimony. And that we are the kind of people that come to the place in our walk with God that we love him more than we love our stuff, more than we love our life, more than we love whatever is going on around us or whatever wonderful things have been given to us. If all of that changes, we're still going to love Jesus. No matter what challenges come, we're still going to love Jesus. And that the assignment is still the same. Preach the kingdom, heal sick. Assignment is still the same. So I want to challenge you guys tonight that the assignment is still the same and that we set our faces like Flint, the word says, that we set our faces toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, toward the assignment, that we look to the assignment and that we don't let anything persuade us otherwise because Jesus said, they loved, the word says they did not love their lives even unto death and Jesus said uh, to these uh, gentlemen who, who had other priorities, don't, don't bring me your other priorities. If you put your hand to the plow and then you look back, you're not fit for this. You know what he was saying to them? If you, if you put your hand to the plow and, and you're going to be one who looks back, you're never going to be successful at this. You, because if you look back, the word says that of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt that they, they kept looking back. Abraham, if he had looked back, would have had an occasion to return to the place that God called him out of. If, if you look back, you'll go back. If you look back, you won't have the tenacity for the assignment. So if we look back, instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, whatever we fix our eyes onto, we're going to move toward. And so he said, if you look back, you're not, you're not, you're not fit for this. You're not equipped for this. And so he challenged them to not look back. And I just want to challenge you guys tonight. It's a simple word, uh, but it's a challenging word that the assignment is the same. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick, and don't look back. Let's make the decision that we're going to be so tenacious about what God has assigned us to do here in our city, 
and in among our family and among our friends and in our workplaces that we are going to be declares of the kingdom of God, that we are going to be carriers of this gospel in the earth, and that we are going to be carriers of our cross and our assignment. Thank you, Jesus. I think that's where I want to, that's what I feel the anointing for tonight. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that this word is as concise as it is tonight would be a word that would take root in our heart. Scripture tells us that the word is like seed sown. Lord, our hearts tonight are like soil prepared. We ask that the seed would take root in the soil and that, Lord, over the time and seasons ahead, that it would bring forth fruit in its season. Oh, Father, we praise you because what you are doing in us We praise you for what you have assigned in us. We praise you for what you have given to bring us to this place and to this day. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithful anointing in our life. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that these folks that are gathered in this room tonight, that the Spirit of the Lord would draw them to a deeper place so that there would be an ability within us to love you more than we love our life to not look back. Oh, Lord, let us be among those who have put their hand to the plow and said, yes. Cause us to count the cost. Cause us to count the cost and then have the tenacity of the Holy Spirit to say yes to the assignment. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. Father, I just bless each one of these individuals with a fresh anointing by the Spirit of God that as they uh, hear your voice and as you lead them, as you guide them in their life, as you lay assignments into their heart and in their life, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to say yes and trust you in that assignment. The just will live by faith, that they would have faith for the journey. Father, I pray that out of this house, there will come great healing. Out of this house, there will come great anointing. Out of this house, Lord Jesus, there will become an army prepared for your service. Father, I thank you for that in the name of Jesus, I pray. You are faithful. You are faithful. We give you praise in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We rejoice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.